If it's Tuesday night, it must be Drunk Sports. I'm Jonathan Levy. I'm sitting in, as always, with Grant Dennison, and he's always getting drunk when we do this show. Yep, and I think we should change the name of this podcast to The Greatest Podcast in the World. But You just love it so much because yeah. you get to drink and talk sports. It's amazing. Yeah. What a deal. Yeah. There's a beer that well, I'm opening. Any idea what number that would be? That would be number three. Number you three, know, okay. Early on, it's segment one. Yeah, you know, I, people seem to like the the end of the show more than the beginning yeah. because that's when you're the drunkest. Yeah, if you guys want to just hear that, you can go ahead and fast forward. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really care. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's just, for new listeners, because we always have some new listeners, let's just tell them what's going on. So this is the show where Grant gets progressively drunker as we talk sports. Over the course of, well, we talk sports for about an hour, but Grant gets drunk over about three hours. Right, we, take we have some breaks. pauses. It's a four-quarter show. Yeah, we don't want to kill the poor Like lad. a sport. Do you understand the analogy, audience? It's like a sporting event. Like hockey. Yes. No, no. not like hockey. No, with overtime, though. Oh, yeah. very nice. Very Except nice. the last one is shorter in hockey, and in drunk sports, the last one is longer. Very good. So um, as Grant's referring to, uh, we have four quarters in this, uh, in this show. First one is our headliner segment. Second one is often who done good, who done fucked up, or who done goofed, or who fucked up, or I don't know. We what are you the name. doing? Just... So, some people have suggested over Twitter some other names, so I was playing with it. Didn't, oh. didn't flow off the tongue as well as hoping. No, you did a, a poor job with that. Or maybe they did a poor job. Huh? Maybe uh, maybe it's the Twitter people. No, I, no matter how it came in on Twitter, the way that you represented it was below average. Go back to your beer. I am always with my beer. <laughs> okay, there's good. no going back. So so segment number three is best case, worst case, and we always end with let the drunk fix it, where I pose sports dilemmas to Grant myself, by the way, and our Twitter following. We have uh, two Twitter suggestions this time. Wow. Let the drunk fix it. It's an all new record. For episode number six right here, we actually have some participation from the audience. Yeah, this is you know we've. Had uh, several now episodes where we've had a let the drunk fix it suggestion, but this is our first multiple right. suggestion so, um, show. Is one of them from Ryan Lochte? No, no. One okay. of them is not Ryan Lochte. As far as I know, not a listener of the show, although was a if he subject was, of the show. If he was a listener of the show, his life would be better. He would have understood how to fix his life in a better way. Indeed, indeed. Um, this time around, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the NFL. That's the National Football League. Not the uh, the like South, Southern Regional Football League. No, or... we're going we're going for the whole country. <laughs> okay, all the United States this time around. No Canadian teams, right? No, thank no God. Canadian teams. Thank God. In the NHL, the National Hockey League, you know what they have? What Canadian teams? They do have a lot of Canadian. It's a teams. little weird. I mean, it's not that they shouldn't have Canadian teams. Why are they calling it the NHL? Why is it the IHL? Are you saying Canada is not a nation? Are you saying <laughs> they're unincorporated? I'm saying you know a National Hockey League should only be. Teams from the nation. Well, are that you it's are you sure about that? Because just because it says national something something doesn't necessarily mean singular. You're does kidding, it? right? International means more than was like when several no, nations but, are working together. No, no, Come let's, on. Let's, let's rethink this, okay? Let's so oh national. <laughs> All right, never mind. Let's move on. Fantastic. Yeah. We have a lot to get to. Okay, um, and we're starting with the NFL. We're going to talk a lot of NFL today because the NFL starts. Yeah, in sorry, just two days. sorry, Europeans. We've heard, we've had a, yeah. a complaint or two from Europeans that we're going to be American centric, and that's just. That, those are the sports that Jonathan and I watch. So what can we tell you? Sorry. It's popular here, and this is what we do. Yeah. So if somebody enjoy the show if, anyway. If David Beckham or whoever is a popular soccer player these days, Lionel Messi, I guess, although he's probably close to retirement. I mean, so point. is David Beckham, yeah. by the way. If anybody like that does something crazy like Ryan Lochte did, we'll talk about that. You Hopefully, know, probably. Yeah, that, would, that would be funny and worth talking about. But can you, can we're not going to talk about the sports. Can you name a, a very popular big-time soccer figure who's actually good right now? Um, Cristiano Ronaldo. I think that might be right. Yeah, I I'm think. gonna I'm gonna go with Ding on that. All yeah. right, let's get into some drunk sports first quarter headlines. 
All right, first of all, I would say the most recent headline is the Minnesota Vikings. Their quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, I believe he's a third-year quarterback, suffered a bit of a mishap the other day on the practice field. I don't think you should say it with such jubilation. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it sounds like it was quite a gruesome injury. <laughs> oh, I hear. Um, I mean, he went back, and no one touched him, and he just collapsed over, and his, his knee essentially Yeah, apart, for those right? who don't know, in the NFL non and in the NBA and most sports, I sports, suppose. All sports. All sports. Non-contact injuries are the worst injuries. Oh, yeah. Unless it's like a head-to-head injury that is really messes up your neck or your head. But, like, Teddy Bridgewater, apparently, and now this is hearsay. I didn't research this, but somebody told me. So, wow, this, this is, is the great. quality of drunk sports research we do here. Um, that Bridgewater's injury was bad enough that if the doctor hadn't said it as fast as he did, there was a chance his leg would have to be amputated. The reason why a non contact sports injury is so bad is, is because it's not a, uh, I'm not thinking of the right word, but it, it's because there's a structural issue with the joint or something that. That leads to the injury, and it causes structural damage more frequently. I mean, I have no idea if any of the things you just said are true, but it sounded pretty good. I was going to go with more. When um, when you're hit, we understand why the thing is happening. When you're not hit and your body falls apart anyway, yeah, it's a sign of there's a problem with your body, yeah. period, and it's bad news. That's as, yep. that's as sophisticated as I was going to go. Another right. a thing that's interesting, as a yeah. quick aside, is... Um, there's been such an uptick in ACL tears in both the NFL and the NBA over the past decade. Like, such a crazy uptick versus versus the past. And it's kind of a strange thing. It's hard to find the confounding variable to find why that is happening. Are you sure there actually has been an uptick yes, in those I, things? Yes. Uh, as of 2012, now, I of course, this is, again, poorly researched drunk sports thing. <laughs> in um, four years ago, but go as on. As of 2012, I, be- I read an article in 2012 about how in the previous five years... They, they did, like, all the statistical analysis, and it may be an underreporting thing, but I think torn ACLs are a big enough thing that, that they get reported no matter what for the most part. Um, and it showed that there was just such a huge uptick. I don't remember the percentage, but it was enormous of torn ACLs over those five years. So you're talking about a five-year period that was almost five years ago when the reporting happened. So yes. we've had another five-year period since. But I don't know what's I, happened since based then. On, I, this based be, on nothing. Ba- this may be an availability heuristic, yes. but I believe that ACLs continue to be torn on a daily basis. <laughs> the ACL fairy is out there. Look out. Yeah. All right. So what the um, the Vikings decided after Bridgewater gone for the season. Yeah. Maybe and, maybe longer. I oh, guess. yeah. They're already not. They're already saying they're not sure about him in 2017 as well. Um, so he's no longer their quarterback. For those of you who are not big football fans, quarterback is the most important position on the field. If you don't have a good quarterback, it's really hard to do anything. Bridgewater, while not great, at least pretty darn good. Not I don't terrible. Think, I, don't, I think you went a bit too rudimentary with your explanation. I think you, <laughs> you went too <laughs> oh, yeah. far. With, I undershot it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know, it's tough sometimes. It's like a, a, B, a comes before B, B before All right, C. whatever. Yeah. So what? It's fine. So, um, so the Vikings decided they have a good enough team that they don't want to just give up on the season, and they traded a first-round pick and a conditional fourth-round pick for Sam Bradford from to, with the Philadelphia They got Eagles. fleeced. They got completely fleeced. It's really hard to argue this. I yeah, agree. I mean, of course, if we look at the numbers, Sam Bradford was the number one overall pick. So Many years ago. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything anymore, obviously. Yeah. Because so was Tim Couch, you know. Sure. So I, I think they were panicking, and they think that – is their defense aging or is it young? Because I know their defense is like the defense is the key to their team. I, th- I think what happened is they decided this was going to be their year. 
This is the year they were going to take their big step forward. They had finally got all the pieces in place. They had the young quarterback, who is his third year. They love their running game. Adrian Peterson still at that very tail end of his prime. They love their defense now. I think they like their receivers. They finally have a group of those guys who are pretty good. So, And then they lost their quarterback, and they think, well, what now? What are we going to do? And they, rather than give up. They didn't want to go with Sean Hill. Right, Sean Hill, who is the backup. They, and is actually going to start on Sunday. This week, anyway. Um, yeah, they decided to instead go for a guy who is at least a legitimate starting quarterback in the league, in fairness, which Sean Hill is He had not. a very bad year last year, Sam Bradford. He has had very few good years. Yeah. But he still probably is, you know, the 27th best quarterback in the world, right? Yeah, probably. So, you know, that's There's... what they gave up, a first and a fourth that can get as high as a two, depending on how that well seemed, they do. I mean, I think it's a panic trade. That yeah. seems like a panic trade to me. I agree. The the question I have is, how much better is Sam Bradford really than Sean Hill? Like, I don't know if it's really even measurable based on how Sam Bradford played last year. I mean, he was a bad quarterback. And Sean Hill, when he's played now, he's older now, but when he's played, he hasn't been great, but he's been okay. He's been fine. He's been just as good as Sam Bradford. I mean, I think there was some season where he started like six games and he had eight touchdowns and seven interceptions. You know, it's like not good, but it's not... It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, um, the Vikings had talked about how when they... Uh, they decided they wanted to potentially get a replacement, of course, for Bridgewater. And they looked around and they made some calls at, for some potential trade targets and things. And they said other teams could smell the blood in the water. And everybody wanted a first-round pick plus a young core player of theirs. And wow. And the quarterbacks who were available were not that good, clearly. Like, it isn't like anyone was going to trade So anyone. people were trying to get, like, Stephon Diggs or something? And... I think so. Yeah. I think it was, like, for Colin Kaepernick-type things. You yeah. Know, like, a one in, in Stephon Diggs for Kaepernick, which, of course, is laughable. Yeah, of course. Like, you would never give up either one of those things for Kaepernick. You, if, you would barely give up. A seventh round pick for Kaepernick, right? I mean, I don't know if anybody. Salary? I mean, I guess maybe the somebody would. The Forty ers were considering cutting Kaepernick this th- right now, right? They decided yeah. not to, but they almost cut him. So if they're going to cut him, how could you ever give up a first round pick for him? Yeah, right. So okay, I have a I have a question about this. What if let, I'm going to play out a scenario here? Love it. Let's say the Vikings they don't they don't make the Super Bowl or anything, but they make the wild card. They lose in the wild card. Okay. Sam Bradford has 28 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Yeah, like has a good year, pretty yeah, good year. That's and, pretty good. Year. You know, like 3,800 yards. Sure. And Bridgewater is back in training camp next year, and he's 100 percent healthy. Yeah. What happens with their quarterback situation? Um, Bridgewater is still on his rookie deal, so I think they keep them both and figure it out. Is my guess. Right, but that's going to be awkward. Bradford signed for one extra year, and they actually were. That was one of the reasons why they wanted him is to have him for 2017 as well as 2016. So I got to believe they're not going to get rid of Bradford, especially if they're good and he's good. They may actually say like Bradford's our quarterback for another year, unless Bridgewater can win the job. Kind or of. Or they thing. could do one of those two quarterback sets, except with neither of the quarterbacks being able to run at all. So that would that would be a bad idea. What is a two quarterback set? It's not a real thing. Oh, no, but I think it's something okay, that's been tossed around by Chip Kelly types. Where, but you have to have like a Kaepernick and somebody else, somebody who could be a running back. So we're saying two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but one. I mean, the idea is one of them has to be like legitimately almost as good as a running back at running with the ball. So it's kind of the dual threat type thing with one of them. One could argue the Patriots do that every time they snap the ball with Julian Edelman. I would not argue that. But one could. No. He was I, a quarterback in college. So I guess one could argue that every team that had Cordell Stewart not playing quarterback yeah. at any time was doing that. Well, or, Antoine, time, or Antoine Randall. Right. If those guys actually started a quarterback and then they were starting at other parts of the field, I think you absolutely could make that argument, don't you? Isn't that the argument? Yes. Okay. Well. I'm anyway. Glad okay. So page. anything else on Bridgewater? Um, no. Anything else you want to say, though, about Bradford and the Vikings? And how about this? The Eagles... 
who've done such weird things at quarterback the last several years now. They traded for Bradford, number four. Yes. Nice. You can count. I'll do my best. Yeah. Um, They traded for Bradford. They gave up, I think, a second-round pick in Nick Foles for Sam Bradford, if I recall. Uh, They then, after one year of Bradford, decided this ain't working and signed Bradford to a big deal and then traded up, including, you know, number one picks and things like that, to get Carson Wentz. 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 Carson Wentz, who's starting for them. Yeah. Um, and then they have since traded Bradford and gotten that one back that they dealt to move up to get Carson. This is kind of they actually ended up working out pretty well for the right. Them and overall. Carson Wentz, who went number two overall, apparently has been looking a lot better than Jared Goff, who went number one overall. Right, but it's kind of meaningless. Yeah, at this, at this point. point, it's still meaningless. But you know, that's all we got. So I know, but it's sort of it's sort of like saying, you know, look, that infant is a little bit faster than that infant. I guess we know who's likely to be the favorite in the twenty twenty nine Olympics. Maybe twenty twenty nine Olympics. It's for kids. I will bet you the twenty twenty nine Olympics do not occur. I will bet. <laughs> I got I got money on that not happening. It's a leap year, bro. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Never yeah. mind. I, I, didn't, I guess I don't understand the math of leap years. You make a good point about the twenty twenty nine Olympics, <laughs> yeah. though. I have to admit. All right. Let's uh, move on to another situation in the NFL. Another quarterback situation in the NFL. Another quarterback getting injured situation in the NFL. That's the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Tony Romo. Yeah. All right. First question. So everyone knows, right? Romo got hit hard, broke his back. Ugh, so tough for that yeah, guy. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not as bad as it sounds when you say broke his back, right? It's just I mean, like a vertebrae got broken. That's all. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad. I mean, when you hear broke his back, I think of like Batman, you know, getting I slammed mean, by Bane. Batman came back and won that movie, though. Did he? Didn't he? Didn't Actually, he? is it a dream sequence at the end or not? Who knows? I think he's alive, but he might be dead. Is that really Anne Hathaway? I think, All right. I think the winner is the city of Gotham. How in the world does Michael Caine end up in France at the same cafe? I mean, you know how big France is? France is huge. Yeah, sports. Paris is really big. Yeah, sports also. Okay. So, anywho, uh, Tony Romo gets his back broken. Dak Prescott, fourth-round pick. Plays well. Looking great so far, at least in the preseason. He's had a f- tremendous opening. Is this the end for Tony Romo? It's it could be. I mean, it really depends on the severity of the injury and if he's able to come back and if he's able to be effective when he comes back. Because last year was essentially a lost year for Romo, obviously. Yeah, it was. So maybe I mean there's there's two different ways to answer this question. One could answer that the end was last year. It already ended. It was already over for Tony Romo because he was already too old, too injured, couldn't stay on the field. And that was the last time he was ever gonna be an important starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, but did you think that this year before he broke his back? No. Did anybody? Yes. No. At least no one, one thought at that. At least one person. No one thought that. Okay, let me try again because I asked you if this is this the end for Tony Roman. You said, well, if he's too hurt to play or if he can come okay, back and play okay. but isn't any good, then it's the end. You, you need, I'm you asking need you, to, is it the end? You need me to, to have a definitive event. How old is he? You, can I get a little more data? Uh, he's like 33. You don't know. You really 34. Know. He's probably older than that. Maybe 36. I don't know. I, okay, I'm going to say yes. Okay. I'm going to say yes, this is the end, and it depends, obviously, on how you define the end, because I think he'll start some more NFL games. Oh, okay, but but he won't be effective anymore, essentially. Yeah, I right? think I think by 2018, he's not the starter of the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. So, so this he'll is, come maybe, the, maybe this is the beginning of the end. The Cowboys placed him on the pup list, which means he can actually come back, I think, between weeks 4 and 10, the way they set it up. Right. Uh, apparently, this type of injury is... Extremely variable in how long it takes to recover from. So that's so they're at least holding out hope 
that he may still have a little something, something. It's but pretty nice for them that Dak Prescott looks good, though. It's pretty nice for them, but it's only the preseason, and it don't mean nothing yet. Much like Wunsch, Wentz, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Jared Goff. None of these things matter yet. It's going to matter in two years how good these guys are, It right? could be argued that nothing matters, in fact. It could, but if we're talking about who, you know, who's going to win for football That's philosophy games, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Drunk philosophy. Oh, man. Gonna that's going to be Oh, that'll be a good one. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so... Where are the Cowboys going this year with Dak Prescott as their starter, at least for the first four weeks, probably at least for the first half of the season? That's an extremely high-variance question, I think. I, I, I think Dak Prescott—I mean, it's possible. I mean, extremely unlikely, but he could be like RG3 rookie year level quarterback based on the preseason and how good he looked. Or it could just be standard rookie quarterback who has, you know, like a one to two touchdown to interception ratio, and they're handcuffed and they can't do anything because their offense is terrible. So— is it, is it too much for me to say that that thing you said about him having an RG like three rookie year is the dumbest thing you said ever on this show? Is that too much? Is it too strong? Yeah. Okay. I think so then I'm not going to say it. I think I've said dumber things. Then I'm not going to say it. No, that, I think that may be the very dumbest thing you've ever said on this show. I'd like you to please expand upon that. Well, RG3 was the number two overall. Pick. I know. He was the Heisman Trophy winner. There was a lot of people made arguments he should have been the number one overall pick. Dak Prescott was picked this year in the fourth round. Nobody thought he was going to be that good. He's had he's been good in the preseason, but he's had what like seventy attempts total. I mean, when Come was on. Tom? When was Tom Brady picked? He was picked in the sixth round. But you know how long it took him to be good? Took him at least a year. He didn't do anything. Only because first year. he had to get past Drew Bledsoe. No, no, no. It's because his, but he was super thin and not ready at all. No. Okay, here's what I'm going to tell you. Since you are doing a bad job answering this question, oh. All right, you yeah. answer the question. Yeah, I'm going Let's to. Go. The Cowboys are going nowhere. The okay. Cowboys are dead in the water. Dak Prescott is not good enough. And when Romo comes back, like you're saying, I agree with you on this, uh, he's going to be no good. And okay. it's over for him. It's over for them. It's time for the new era. And Dak Prescott ain't part of it. I cannot wait. I cannot <laughs> wait for Dak Prescott to throw 36 touchdowns oh, this year. Man. And for us to play this clip on the Drunk Sports in January. If he's, when they're in the Super Bowl. If, if, he, <laughs> if he's Rookie of the Year, man, or anything close to it, yeah, you're going to be able to play this back on our annual review show. And it's going to be it's going to be bad times for me, but it's not going to happen because his first name ends in a K, and you can't win games in the NFL if that's the case. Are, is that true? Yeah. Name that... one quarterback ever who's ever done that. You can't. Uh, Fran Tarkenton. No, no. First name. First name. His name is oh. Frank Tarkenton. Frank Tarkenton. It's Fran. Okay. Frank Gifford. Yeah. He never won games in the NFL. Never a single? Nope. Yeah. What? Undefeated. Undefeated for winning. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. We got time for one more here? Yeah. I mean, not exactly based on the way you like to... To say time works. <laughs> All right, we'll do one more quick headliner yeah. in the NFL, and then we'll get out of here for the first quarter. The Denver Broncos, staying at the quarterback position and in the NFL, have announced that Trevor Simeon, their seventh-round pick from last year, is going to be their starting quarterback. They've kept Paxton Lynch, who's, I believe, their second-round pick this year. Yeah. They've cut Mark Sanchez. That means, currently, on the Denver Broncos, they have no quarterbacks who have ever taken a regular season snap in the league. Period. And they're the defending Super Bowl champions. What does it mean? It's, I don't know what it means, but I can't read the tea leaves, but it's a, <laughs> it's a very weird scenario. Yeah. That they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, who was the worst quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, bar none last year. He was the worst starting person who started at least 10 games in the NFL last year. He was pretty bad. How about yeah, that? He was, all, we can all agree on that. Yeah. So in a way, it's weird because I think the expectation or the expected value of these quarterbacks is higher than that of Peyton Manning's actual production last year. 
Is it though? I mean, this is a seventh round pick who's never played a snap in the league. How can it be I higher than a, than an all time Hall of Famer? I know you're he just, sucked you're last just year. using categorical hyperbole, yeah. and it's not making any sense because Peyton Manning was atrocious, as I've said before on Drunk Sports. He left due to injury. He came back missing, I don't know, seven weeks? How many Something weeks? Something like that, yeah. He still, when he came back, had the most interceptions in the NFL, not including any of the time missed thing. He just still had the most interceptions. Okay, but if there are lots of guys who, if they started for the Broncos last year instead of Peyton Manning, would have worse numbers than Peyton Manning had last year, right? No, Many, I disagree. many, many guys. Name them. Colin Kaepernick. I bet not. No, I honestly think Peyton Manning couldn't feel his fingers and is probably about to explode because he has so many injuries. Come on. His neck is like a Frankenstein neck. He still was reasonably effective in the playoffs. Uh, the one argument that you have. It's a good one. The one argument that you have is that he actually does audibles really well. And he's like a coach oh. on the field. And that helps the offense. Also, when I mean, he made a lot of bad throws. But he also made some fine throws. He made a couple fine throws I, when he could feel his fingers for a half a second. You're, you're caught up in the whole feel his fingers thing the way, I was ca- way I'm caught up in a Hall of Famer thing. Those things don't actually matter, right? All that matters is was he effective or not. He was mostly ineffective. But Trevor Simeon has never thrown a pass in the league. He was a seventh rounder. Why do I believe in this guy? Give I me think a reason. A guy who beats out a second rounder who was a seventh rounder yeah. has a better expectation than Peyton Manning of last year's actual production. I will grant you that Mark Sanchez, he beat out Mark Sanchez, who was at least a competent NFL quarterback and might have been better than Manning last year. So he beat him out. Absolutely. So that, that would be your point, and that's a reasonable point. So we think the Broncos are going to win how many games? I'm going to give them 10. Wow, seems a little high, but I guess nine is what I'm thinking, so it's pretty close. Yeah. All right, we're going to get to our nine and a half, okay? Yeah, 9.75. We're going to get to our NFL preview in our next segment, so we're going to get much more in depth talking about the National Football League. I'll be drunker. Yeah, thank God. Was it you almost done with number four over there? Yeah, yeah, burping a little bit. Sounds good. All right, we'll see you back for quarter number two. Time to get into everything NFL as we get into quarter number two. And Grant gets into beer number five. You Six. Know, Number six. Oh, wow. There was a break between quarters. Yeah, and Grant did not waste any time during that break, which we like. We like that about you. It's kind of the title of the show. Drunk Sports. Yeah. Drink drink during breaks. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Drunk Sports, colon. Drink during breaks, colon. The resurrection. Colon. Colon. (laughs) Two. <laughs> <laughs> the return. So um, one of the ideas we had actually on this most recent break, which Grant came up with, it, we think is brilliant, and it's called Drink Along with Grant. So this is only if you are in you know, a place where you're not going to be driving. Yeah, not be, safe. be safe. Be yeah, safe. That's number one. Right. You're not going to be you know, taking care of young children or anything like that. But if you're just sort of sitting around at home, hanging out, you're not going to be going anywhere. You know, if it's Tuesday night, Wednesday, something like that, chilling out. You know, you think, uh, Grant has a beer, I'm going to have a beer. We celebrate that. Yes. <laughs> we encourage it. So it's it's in its infancy, this idea. But the idea generally is I start each show having yeah. had two beers. So before you start listening to the show, drink two beers and then crack your third when the show starts. And then if you drink along with me, you are a maniac because I have breaks and we actually shoot over three hours. Yeah. So, you know, that, that would be elite level. So, you know, if you drink like three quarters as much as me, that's that's about right. Probably. That's like a gold star. Yeah, yeah. And if you drink half as much as me, you're still participating and you're still a great person. Yeah, you're like you're like a bronze. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, there's like bronze, silver, gold. So get ready for some more of that in the future. We're going to kind of figure out what we're doing with yeah. that exactly. And, you know, it's going to be a fun thing. And to be clear, we're not actually encouraging people to drink to the point of, uh, you know, not able to take care of themselves or other people or be a danger to themselves sure. or other people. Of course. Just yeah. to deal with any potential liability issues. We don't <laughs> want any of that. We don't want anyone to get hurt. But... Again, if you're hanging Everybody out... Everybody should know their own limits. If you're hanging out anyway, why not drink along with Grant? Yeah. All right. Let's get into quarter number two. Yeah. And that's our NFL preview quarter. Grant Dennison, the NFL starts in two days, sir. I am excited. Yeah, me man. too. It's be- I, I got... Every summer, I feel like I forget about the NFL, and I think the NBA is the greatest sport. And then fantasy football starts up. I do my drafts, and I'm like, ooh, NFL time. I'm, I'm excited. Even though I think it's a bit repugnant in a lot of ways, I still... I love watching the NFL. I mean, it's still the most fun. There's yeah, just no getting around it. Is. It is. All right, so why don't we start with talking about the teams we think that are Super Bowl contenders this year, if there's any dark horse candidates that either one of us have. Okay. So let's talk about the, the obvious Super Bowl contenders that we both agree on, and then if there's anyone who, you know, are surprise All right, teams. Seahawks. Yes. Obvious Super Bowl contender. Clearly. Patriots. Arizona, go ahead. Patriots. Yes. All right, you go. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, you That's go again. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Okay. Carolina Panthers. Hard to say no. That's yeah. five. Denver Broncos. Hard to say they can't be a Super Bowl contender based on our last segment, right? Where they yeah. won the Super Bowl and we're expecting them to get similar quarterback and give or take, yeah. right? Maybe they'll get lucky and they'll get better. Maybe it'll be a little bit worse, but they won the Super Bowl and they didn't win by like, you know, a last second play or any of their playoff games that they way. They crushed it. Yeah. They beat the Patriots and the Panthers comfortably in both games. Yeah. So. Yeah, hard to say they're not a Super Bowl team. All right, that's six. I think that's the six solid ones. What do you think about Pittsburgh? Can we put Pittsburgh in there? I think we. I think the loss of Martavis Bryant actually hurts them a lot. No Marcus Wheaton love over here, huh? <laughs> Come on, Martavis Bryant was an incredibly ta- is an incredibly talented wide receiver. Was wow. Well, you wow. know, who knows if that guy's going to play again? Let me ask you: Do you think he's going to play again? I do, but okay. I don't think he's going to be very good. I think okay. he's. I think he's going to be shot. What do you think? It's hard to know. What do you think Josh Gordon's going to play like this year? He's missing the first four games because of suspension. Yeah, that's that's a real curiosity. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm interested. I think he'll be not as good as 2013 Josh Gordon. Well, but. thank you for saying. <laughs> I mean, he's the best receiver essentially, like per game, one of the best yes. receivers of all time that time. Yes, I think I think he will be a a legitimate receiver one. Okay, like a legitimate starting best receiver on the team. Yeah. in the NFL. Yes, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, let's get back to the bigger question though. Any dark horse candidates either one of us have for the super to win the Super Bowl? I mean, I might have said Minnesota before the Bridgewater injury. That's, really, that's an interesting one because their defense is really good and their yeah. offense is has improved a lot. It's it's not it's not a fun offense, but <laughs> no. you know it's, it's improved a lot. Right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of teams that do poorly year to year and then sometimes they have these breakout years and you never really know like the saints or the chargers teams like that that sometimes are like oh that's a legit contender but it's hard to know like so i think the saints and the chargers are two actual contenders for being a dark horse candidate just because they have explosive offenses hard for me to argue except i'm going to argue on both of those no freaking way (laughs) okay absolutely not that sounds okay so who's your dark horse i don't know if this really counts as a dark horse i'm going to acknowledge this but cincinnati is a team that feels like that absolutely does not count as a dark horse that's probably number seven or eight you know yeah i agree but they're a team that I could see you getting it together. You for a dark horse, and then you act like I said the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> you said That's dumb That's unfair. <laughs> How about Kansas City? Is that not a dark horse either? 
No, that's that's dark horse. It is okay, yeah. but they're not. I don't really believe they're going to win, though. No, of course they're not. It's hard to come up with someone who. I think the Chargers and the Saints both have a better chance to win the Super Bowl than Kansas City. I think Kansas City has a better chance to win more games than both yeah. of those teams. But both teams, I said, have a better chance to win the Super Bowl. Okay, I think the Colts have a better chance to win the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, that's than a good one. That's and actually a really good. They one. They were bad last year. Yes, that's an excellent one. Of course, that hinges entirely on Andrew Luck. Of course, and actually, one could argue it hinges on not just Andrew Luck because. When he was great in the past, they would get blown up by the Patriots every year in the playoffs because okay. they couldn't stop the run. Right, no and there's what. been there have been reports of them being just a complete mess in the preseason. Oh yeah, yeah. But that said, I think Andrew Luck is going to return to form, which means they're going to win nine to twelve games. It's just going to be hard not to if he's normal Andrew. Right. Luck. So that's a team that if they're in the playoffs, they could win any game they're in, basically. Like they're they're a team that can put up a ton of points if Andrew Luck is being a good version of Andrew Luck. I mean, in theory, but I just want to again harken back to I think back to back like forty four to seven losses to the Patriots in the playoffs. Like, and then last year when they yeah. didn't when they were terrible. All right, let me ask so, you this. Yeah, try to distance yourself from all of your sports book knowledge. Sure, as as best you can. Okay. Um, who's your favorite to win the Super Bowl this year? And don't be a homer. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick the Patriots. Okay. Um. I think the Seattle Seahawks would be my favorite. That seems right to me. That's what I was going to say, too. They've got sort of the pedigree. They have the talent. Everybody's been there. Everyone feels comfortable there. They're not going to you know, fall apart in the clutch. I mean, I don't see any reason at all why the Seahawks can't win, except that the path is fairly blocked by everybody Oh, else. you know who we forgot about completely, which would anger my wife, who is not here right now? We didn't mention the Packers? We did not mention I feel the— like, I feel like I said Green Bay early I on. I don't think you did. No, I think I did. Oh, if you did, then I just missed it. But Well, either way, Green, Green Bay is a, a very legitimate contender. Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't believe in them nearly as much as I believe in the Seahawks, having said that. I agree with that. By the way, Aaron Rodgers, who I think is the best quarterback in the league, to be clear— I think as a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, if he retired right now, he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Right. I think. Yeah. Um, won one ring, never really that good in the playoffs except that one year. What's going on there? I'm not really sure. It's a little weird. Yeah. Remember the year when the Giants, in 2011, the Giants had a second miracle run to the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. And and Aaron Rodgers couldn't hit a wide-open receiver to save his life for the entire game, and the Giants squeaked by? Yeah, it's it's extremely weird because, for the most part, during the majority of his career, Aaron Rodgers is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. His passes are so insanely accurate, it's like defies statistics almost. And then he has these anomalies that occur, I suppose. I don't know. I mean, it's not surprising you're going to have a bad game here or there, right? Yeah. It's just, it should happen. Maybe, he just, maybe it's just variance, right? Yeah. He just has a bad game at the wrong time. He's just been unlucky. Yeah. And see, that that's something that maybe happens in all people who are considered to be not clutch performers. Maybe it's easier for this to be variance in the NFL because there are so many fewer games than any other sport. Yeah. Also, injuries are a little bit more hidden in the NFL. Right. But in, in the NFL, if you have a long, long career— Maybe you play 300 games total, you know, and that's that's not very much compared to most sports, right? And I gotta say, very few players make it to yeah. 300 games. Yeah, so dude. maybe you play 200 games, right? Yeah, that's that's a long career anyway. That's over 10 years. I yeah, mean. so maybe you play 200 games. Some yeah. quarterbacks play 300 games. Very right. few. Yeah. Okay, but so 
you have those moments where you're not going to be on your best game. And if they occur multiple times in the playoffs, that's you out of the playoffs because it's single elimination and that's your legacy. So I think it's a bit of a high variance situation. Is Aaron Rodgers sort of the negative image of Eli Manning where Eli is like pretty good, pretty good, pretty good his whole career. But in the playoffs, when everything's on the line, he suddenly becomes the best quarterback of all time. Right. Also with helmet catches, that helps. It's true. He's had some amazing catches to help him. But he's like the all-time clutchiest quarterback, essentially. Yeah, and I think that's all variance. I don't think there's anything truth to the clutch of the player. I mean, I disagree with that. I got it. There tell may you. be okay. There may be something where players perform better under high nervous situations. Yeah, you. Don't, I mean, yeah, you don't think some people feel the moment? I think some people absolutely feel the moment. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a guy who actually is bad in the moment because of his playoff run in 2010. I mean, he was good. He was good. He was yeah. good. So that's evidence that at least he's capable of not choking in the clutch. That's true. That's true. I wasn't necessarily saying he chokes in the clutch. I guess I was wondering about it. Yeah. Think about it. yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think Eli has been too good too much of the time in his few shots that it seems hard to say is just very I think you're still being completely a little bit too like data point oriented. You need a few more data points. But it's football, you don't get them. I know, you don't get them. So we can speculate all we want, but right. we can also say what I'm about to say which is that's just not a big enough sample size. Yeah, okay. I mean, so what do you let me ask you this. All right, coming staying with quarterbacks and all that and legacies and things. So Peyton Manning has won two Super Bowls. Yes. His second Super Bowl, he, he was won a piece of garbage on the backs second. of yeah. his on his team. I'm yeah. sure he would agree with Von that. Von Miller won that Super Bowl. Right. Much like John Elway's two Super Bowls that he actually won, although he went to the Super Bowl four times before and on he the, he put the team on his back. When Elway actually won the title, he was mostly handing yeah, the ball. Poor poor, poor Jim to Kelly ter- to Terrell ter- Davis. So Peyton Manning has a losing record all time in the playoffs. Yep. So are you gonna are you gonna say that's variance? What do you say? What do you make of that? I think it's possible that it is variance. Yes. I think even though Peyton Manning did play more playoff games than most NFL players yeah. in their careers, I still think it's a small enough number that it still could be variance. Yes, I do think that. It's like you know. 38 games or something, right? Yeah, which is nothing in an NBA season. He I mean, may it's... even now have a winning record, by the way. If he does, it's just barely winning. Sure, you know, okay, but like 38 games. games in an NBA season don't define the best player on the team, right? In an NBA season. Yeah. Um, no, but after 38 games, you pretty much do know who the best player is, right? I mean, if you play 38 games and everyone plays, the best player is generally going to be the best player. Like, you know who the best player is. I mean, of course, it's not a perfect analogy because in NBA, it almost doesn't, you don't, have to have positions, but in the NFL, positions are very different. Yeah. So for a quarterback, you get all of the weight of all of the losses put on you. And there's a lot of things that us as viewers don't see as far as why interceptions happen or bad plays happen. And we generally blame the quarterback. And so do the analysts who, even when they try not to blame the quarterback, still don't give enough credit where credit is due to the bad stuff that happens that leads to those things. Right. But quarterbacks, as we note, also get credit for the victories in ways that maybe they really shouldn't. Tom Brady. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Tom Brady, you know, has won, what, four Super Bowls, is mentioned now these days as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think the Four Super Bowls are a big reason why. And, you know, while he was yeah. important to that, for sure, he had a whole team of guys who were important, too, and he and clearly couldn't all, get there without uh, them. Bilicek, Belichick. Yeah. Is that his first name, Bilicek? Bill. Oh. Just Bill. I thought it was Bilicek, Belichick. William. It's William Belichick. <laughs> okay. But thanks for... Well, that's not waiting. as good. Hey, speaking of coaches, is there any coaches in the NFL you think might be on the hot seat first to get fired, anything like that? I mean, I think John Fox might be. 
considering Ooh, how that's good. bad the Bears are going to be. Yeah, and I say that as a Bears fan, but yeah. I mean, the Bears are going to be terrible this year. I got so, one. Okay, go ahead. How about Rex Ryan in Buffalo? Oh, well, it's been reported that he's on the hot seat. Well, I'm yeah. reporting it right here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think he is. Certainly. I, that team has high expectations, and they're not that great. They're not that great. They just spent a lot of money on Tyrod Taylor, who is okay, but they really need to take a major step forward. Speaking of small sample sizes, yeah. to spend a lot of money, he had, what, 12 games or something like that? Something like that. And he, he was good for those games. How good was he? I mean, how, how much should they give him? Like $70 million? You know, less than you give a normal starting quarterback these days. A starting quarterback generally gets $20 bucks a year. He's getting less than that. He's getting like, what, 15 or something? Yeah, based on a 12-game sample size. Right. Which I guess that's all you have to go on. I, I mean, of course, we're, we have the... Uh, the option of cherry picking these things because we're just talking about it on a podcast. But as an NFL GM, it's hard to know what to do in those spots. Okay, but you're making it sound like an NFL GM or the Buffalo Bills GM for the, in this example only gets to watch those 12 games with Tyrod Taylor. But actually, him and his coaching staff get to watch Tyrod Taylor practice every single day. All right, so maybe they have something on that that shows that he's great. They're supposed to know. Yeah. I think 12 games should be enough if they have him all year as well, and they get to see every single throw that he makes, and they film it, and they get to rewatch it. And all right. They're really supposed to know. Yeah. I mean, this kind of goes back to Drunk Sports 5, our last Drunk Sports. I mean, who where, can ever forget Drunk Sports 5? Uh, who could ever forget where I think you famously said now, I think it's it's on Mount Rushmore underneath George Washington's face, that <laughs> uh, NFL coaches are still in the dark ages. Yeah. And the GMs might be too. I think they probably are. Yeah. I think, no, I think saying that they're supposed to know doesn't mean that they know. And we see this all the time where teams give big deals to look at Colin Kaepernick to quarterbacks who ultimately do not deserve the money. I mean, it was hard to deny Colin Kaepernick after how well he played. I don't disagree with you, but what the heck happened then? I don't know. It doesn't seem like he got injured. No, it just seems like he's no good. Yeah. So what's up with that? Maybe he was never any good. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard. Did the system like play perfectly to his talents? I have no idea. Harbaugh was just that good a coach? It's hard to say, right? It is. But boy, that guy sucks now, and he ain't going to be on the team next year. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably yeah. not. He'll be on some team, though. Yeah, he'll be somewhere as a backup, yeah. but he ain't going to make $21 bucks a year either. No, he's not. Not next year. Maybe, you know what? Maybe Blaine Gabbert gets hurt, and he's, and he's amazing. Maybe. I bet you he does. I bet that, that doesn't happen. That's unlikely. That's <laughs> an unlikely scenario. Yeah. Very, very unlikely. All right, let's look really quickly at the different divisions. You give me the division winner in each one. You ready? Okay. And I'm, I'm going to weigh in with mine as well. All right, AFC East. AFC is Patriots. Yeah. Feels like, even without Tom Brady for four games, feels like there's just no one, as always, to threaten them. There's just no other team that's that good. All right. AFC North. AFC North. Uh, Two obvious contenders here. I'm going to go Bengals. Yeah, you know, that's not a bad pick. I kind of like that, too. I think this is the year the Bengals take their step forward and become a legit title contender. They finally won a playoff game last year, right? Yeah. And it's been, what, four years? I think Andy Dalton's ready to take the next step. I think the whole team is. Eifert's going to come back after about four weeks. They have they have a running back duo. I know Jeremy Hill didn't look that great last year, but he looks better in the preseason, at least, this I year. I mean, sure, why sure. not? But, I mean, they... The potential of that running back duo is pretty good. They have serious stability in the coaching staff, which I think is a, yeah. a good thing, even though a lot of people say, well, why is Marvin Lewis still there? Well, they keep, you know, playing pretty well, and it seems reasonable to me to keep them. Sure. All right. Uh, AFC South. Carolina. That's uh, NFC. That's, yeah, that that's NFC. Be. Okay. If they win the AFC South, though, it's going to be very <laughs> that means, impressive. That means they're really good. I was thinking NFC right, South. This is, of course, Houston, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, and Tennessee. Houston. 
I'm going to go with Indianapolis. I, I know. You're a big Andrew Luck guy. I'm a huge Andrew Luck guy, man. I just think that... You know why? Because I'm a big T.Y. Hilton guy. Right. I think I just think Houston this year okay. is going to finally put it together. I, I mean, really think Bill O'Brien is a good coach. Houston won the division last year. Yeah. Well, I think so they're going to put it together in more. They have Brock Osweiler. Yeah, I know, but just is saying. that any worse than Brian Hoyer? Uh, maybe. It's Brian Hoyer was okay. It's hard to know. He just was really bad in that one playoff game. If he wasn't so bad in that playoff game, he would be starting right if now in J- Houston. If Jadavion Clowney is right this year... Oh my God! If yeah, and if you know, if freaking yeah, tweeds and sheeds were B's and Z's, then you know everyone would have what? lots of letters. I'm the drunk one, right? I don't know what, what that was. I was just trying to say something. That's embarrassing. That that's on audio. <laughs> that's just embarrassing for you. All right, moving on. The AFC West. The AFC West. Okay, I'm gonna go way off book here. Chargers. That is the only off-book answer. I thought I think Denver, Kansas City, and Oakland are all better answers than the Chargers. So defend it. Why um, Chargers? I have no defense. I just want to be off-book. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, okay. I'll try to defend it a little bit. Okay. Here's the th- you love Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen is great. I think that offense is ready to take a step forward. I don't really know about the defense. I'm That's be, fine. Yeah. To be fair, I don't really know. So obviously that's a bad pick, but. All right, it's, we're actually going to be talking about the Chargers in the next segment. Oh, a little ex- teaser there. That's exciting. For you Charger fans out there, all seven of you. Um, all right, I cannot go with you there. I'm not even going to take Denver. I think I'm going to take KC. Nice, safe pick in K- Kansas City. Wow. Alex Smith, just lead him to another division That's title. Boring. That's a boring pick. Go 10 and 6, whatever. Okay. Right, here we get to the most popular division in the NFL, the NFC East. The NFC East. Ooh. Everybody sucks. Everybody does suck. <laughs> Could the Eagles win that division? No. No? No, they have a rookie quarterback. You think Washington wins the division? Washington won it last year. I think they win it again this year. You can make a case for the Giants, I guess. I think the Giants are the best. The same way you pick Kansas City, I'm going to pick the Giants. It's the safe pick. I think Washington wins. Uh, Giants have a new coach. Yeah. Some guy. Yeah. Tom Coughlin finally got fired after 97 years. You know, he won two titles. Yeah, he did. Or somebody didn't. He was the coach while while they won two titles. Yeah, I like Washington here. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I expect to be pretty good. Jay Gruden got his way and seems to be seems to be working out at least okay. I don't see any reason why they don't at least put up another nine and seven, ten and six record, and that's good enough. I'm going Giants. I'm going Giants. Here's your favorite division of all: the NFC North. The Bears. No, they're never winning that. No, obviously the Packers. It's clearly the Packers. There's nothing to talk about. NFC South. NFC South. This okay. is pretty easy too. This is the this is the team you picked in the AFC. Oh, yeah, Carolina. Carolina is going to win. All right. Finally, the West. We're both going to take Seattle, but Arizona. Arizona has a legit yeah. chance. Yeah, but I would take Seattle. Yeah, yeah, me too. Okay, who do you got winning the Super Bowl this year? And who do you got? Who, who's in the Super Bowl? And who I mean, wins we it? already talked about this a little bit. Yeah, we did. I got Seattle winning the Super Bowl. Who do you got them playing? New England. So it's a rematch of 2014, huh? Yeah. I don't think New England gets there this year. Who do you think does? I think the Bengals are going, baby. Wow, that's a that's a bold prediction. Yeah, I don't this know. This is what the happened. whole point of the segment, right? You want to make this bold prediction? I just no, I just came around in this Bengals thing as we've been doing it. I didn't know I liked the Bengals. Bengals beat the Seahawks and win their first championship ever. Russell Wilson throws another pick with less than a minute to go. <laughs> wow, that's a quite line. a prediction. Okay. Boy, if this comes true, I'm going to expect some serious endorsement money. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right, um, why don't we pause here? We'll come back for our third quarter. Yeah, halftime. Drink. 
be on beer number uh... seven, but near the end of seven. Ooh, okay. So to that's... be fair, I ate during halftime. So, okay. you know, don't keep up with me if you haven't eaten. Try to eat while you drink. <laughs> okay. You know? But if you're doing like the half thing where you're drinking about half of what Grant's been drinking, which seems fair. Yeah. Right? So you should be uh, like three and a half beers in. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that okay. seems fair. Three and a half beers. You know, maybe that's a maybe that's the responsible way to drink along with Grant is every beer you drink, they drink half a beer. Yeah, but who wants to do it the responsible way? <laughs> that's true. This is drug yeah. sports. This yeah. isn't the responsible sports. Want to do it the responsible way? Excellent, excellently put. So I want to point something out. So great. Over halftime, I mentioned that we uh, or Jonathan was talking about how we sit a lot and it's bad for you. <laughs> I was like, why? Why don't we podcast standing up? So We're Jonathan this, just huh? found a stool <laughs> and put, it, put his microphone on the stool and is now standing up and podcasting. And it's very weird. I it's gotta fair. tell you, kind of digging You're it. Feeling good? Yeah. You feeling great? It? Yeah. I feel like Johnny Carson over here. I'm sitting down and I feel fucking phenomenal. Yeah. That's that's the way I would. Explain. Well, you know, sitting you, down feels great. I'm an American. <laughs> you're gonna die, but uh, it's okay. Well, so are you? No, you're gonna die soon. Oh, it's wow. okay. Nothing Is wrong that, with that. That's like an omen. That's messed up. It's, I think it's more of a threat than an omen. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, I don't know how we got there, but that's anyway. This is about sports. Yeah, and it's the third quarter. In the third quarter, we do who done good, who fucked up. We actually have had a suggestion from a viewer who, who suggested we call this who done good, who done goofed. But uh, we're probably Why would we do that? Line. I think we like the profanity. On drunk sports, the profanity is warranted. You're super into profanity on this show. I mean, I am because on our other podcast, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, called The Breakdown. It's about poker. Yeah. We never, never swear, except Jonathan sometimes does. I did by, the other day. Yeah. <laughs> by accident. <laughs> but but it's, a, it's a non-explicit show. This is an explicit show, and I want to keep it that way. I that's, think it's... Yeah, it, the whole basis is that I'm getting drunk in an irresponsible fashion. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. The breakdown is our sort of more popular show. We actually have a following. We have yeah. listeners. You know, a whole thing. You know, this is more like we're we're this is the one where Jonathan sometimes stands up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for who done good, who fucked up. You ready? I'm ready. All right, Ryan Lochte. Oh, back to the. The man of the hour. I knew you were going to be so happy. I mean, I think I fixed his life pretty good. He did all right. Now, there's some news about Ryan Lochte you may have heard about. You may not have. Um, First of all, he has gotten a new sponsor. Okay. Do you know who this is? I did, but I forgot. It's Pine Brothers, the Cough Drops. The Cough Drops. The Cough Drops. They have signed Ryan Lochte to a deal. Can, Can you use those to make meth? Um. That's a fair question. <laughs> because I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 I got to tell you, the standing up thing, not as great as it was a minute ago. Oh, now you're feeling, you wish I'm you were not, sitting down right now? I'm not loving it. Oh, well, you got a whole segment left, and I'm going to drag the segment on as long as I possibly can. Maybe I'll take sitting breaks Because there's really go. no way for, for Jonathan to readjust himself for those who are listening. He's got to stand up for the rest of the segment. It's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough not to stand up. So, Ryan Lochte, first of all, yeah, has this new endorsement deal with Pine Brothers, so Hooray for him. We may talk a little bit about that. The other news with that is he's been asked if he would go back to Rio if the police have further questions or if there's a trial or anything like that. And he said some version of not in a million years. No way in hell would he ever go back to Brazil. Wow. Yeah. Kind of different than the tone he'd been striking up till now, which was more of a a conciliatory, I've done everything they've asked, I would do whatever they need kind of tone. Well, is it fair— 
to do a who done good who fucked up on Ryan Lochte because <laughs> this guy is is dumb as a rock, right? Oh like, yeah, he's like so stupid. I mean, this guy loses in a game of chess against a pick. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it's fair, but okay. And, so, anyway, and to be fair, he loses by default because he doesn't know where he doesn't like the pieces just all get knocked well, over. Then the I pig, guess the pick doesn't knock all the pieces. I guess over. the way that this works out is by <laughs> default. By default, yeah. Ryan Lochte is fucked up. And right. when I say by default, I mean this. I mean. When Ryan Lochte is asked that question, he only understands that in Brazil, which is a place he doesn't know where it is, but he knows it exists. You don't he think he, he can find it on a map? No, I don't think so. I think okay. he knows he has to take a plane to get there. That's uh, maybe true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he knows that that's a place where he had a bad experience. That's a place where yeah. the money got taken away because the sponsors went away right. because he was in Brazil. And all he's thinking is, Brazil, bad. No, I will not go back. And I think... That is why he fucked up, and I think that's the default why he fucked up. Okay. Um, I just want to say, I think it's probably goes a little deeper than that with the why he's saying there's no way in hell he'd go back, probably because he feels number seven or eight. Eight. Ooh, so if you're drinking along at home, you should be working on number four. Yeah. If, the fourth uh, one should be uh, well past opened at this point. Unless unless you're a really strong person, then it should be more. Oh, yeah. If yeah, if you're going for the elite yeah. elite platinum level right. stuff here, then yeah. With you no be, rewards other than a hangover. But, yeah, well, you, you know, know, that's the, the, uh, drunk sports is its own reward, my man. <laughs> I, I believe it is, yes. <laughs> so, no, but Lochte saying that I believe was a little more um, sophisticated in that he was saying all the things he felt he needed to say, but he wants to close the door on sort of like any kind of PR pressure for him going back right okay so he fucked up okay sure but we knew that okay but he could have done that in a much better way is what i'm saying oh okay fair enough so how should he have done it so explain to me again how he did it like let's let's try to recap this a little bit some version of now i lost my notes on this one okay that's fine it's okay some version of he was asked would you go back to brazil to answer police questions and he said no way in hell would i do that okay that's all he said sure Something like that? I mean, you know, I wasn't there. <laughs> like, okay. let's not, we're not quoting Ryan Lochte right. exactly. Okay. This is so paraphrasing he, he the best. Okay, so he basically <laughs> categorically denied it in a way that was almost insulting to Brazil. I mean, he didn't deny it. He just said he wasn't going to go. Okay. He could have done that in a different way. How, would, how do you think he should have done it? He could have said, you know, I'm already back in the U.S., and I wish this matter could just be resolved. It's been a long month for me. I really... I think I made mis- some mistakes, but yeah. now I feel like it's time to move on, and it's time to, to move on with my new sponsors and my career, and it's just really not something that's feasible for me because it's there's no extradition that can't make me come back. <laughs> I mean, because in the end, yeah, the reporters are just going to keep saying, yeah. like, but will you go if they ask you to, if, to return? Will you return? And he eventually has to say yes or no. Yeah. Right? So, so I think my answer is better than his answer. Barely. I think barely Okay, better. give your answer. Let's, um, let's hear Jonathan Levy answer to this. I don't know if there's a good answer to this. Oh, you know? really? So my answer is not so good then. I'm saying none. I'm saying Lochte's is also not much worse I mean, than yours either, though. You wouldn't like if you if you're saying I'm not going to go back. That's it. There's nothing. You know, saying no way in hell feels a little stronger than yeah. it needs to be. But that's it, right? To me, the bigger question is: Did Pine Brothers? The cough drops. Oh. Did they fuck up or not? No, because I've never heard of them before, and now I have. You've never heard of them? No. Man, I used to eat those all the time as a little kid. They were the good ones. They were oh. like the candy ones. Right. Well, okay, but I've never heard of them before. Yeah. And yeah. I, and Ryan Lochte is huge right now in the news. Yeah. So, no, I think they did good. So, even if it costs them a bunch of money to sign Ryan Lochte, and if they're not even going to ultimately— How much could it possibly cost them to sign Ryan Lochte A few right million now? bucks? Fine. Right. Yeah. Because we're talking about it. Yeah, and I know their name, and I'm saying it out loud to the drunk sports audience, which is like crazy free advertising for Pine Brothers right yeah. now. 
<laughs> so they done good. So Ryan Lochte, you could say he done he fucked up, but he fucked up his whole life just by sort of being yeah, it's, born. Yeah, it's kind of an after the fact thing. Right yeah, at this point. yeah. yeah. Um, so you can't really blame him any more than we can already blame him just for living. And Pine Brothers did good. And how anything you want to say about Brazil and the Brazilian cops? Did they fuck up or did they do good? Well. If I understand it correctly, it wasn't cops that stopped him and asked him for the money, right? It that was the security guards. Security who guards, at the yeah. Convenience store, yeah. So the cops, the cops' role in this was they uh, questioned his teammates, right? And Ryan Lochte was already on a plane; he got away before getting questioned. That's my understanding. Okay, I. So, are you asking did the cops fuck up by not getting Ryan Lochte before he got on the plane? Sure, I'm asking. Do you think they did a good job or not? That's really hard to say. <laughs> I don't know. I think they did a perfectly fine job. I think I think they're probably making a bigger deal of it than they need to because it's Ryan Lochte, because it's an American Olympian athlete. I think they're trying to, as you said in the last Drunk Sports, show that Brazil is not as scary as people think because mm-hmm. Rio has this huge crime rate. So they're trying to show that Ryan Lochte was not mugged. Right. You know, they're, he, so they're, there's a bit of a backlash here. I mean, you can understand to some degree it became a huge story, not yeah. just in the Olympics, but it transcended the Olympics. Everyone was talking about Ryan Lochte getting a gun put to his head and getting robbed. I'm not even sure why it became such a big story, but it really did. So I get why Brazil feels the need to really let people know that that isn't the case. Yeah. And I got to say, I think the police, for an incredibly minor incident, have done fine. Like, they basically said, look, we don't think this is what happened. They took the necessary, you know, things they had to do. They pulled the guys off the plane when it looked like everyone was lying and trying to flee the country. They got people to admit what was really going on, give or take. They're, you know, they've shown the world that they're not, a, I mean, they are a crime-ridden place. Yeah. They've shown the world in this one case anyway they weren't. Seems fine. It seems fine as far as a PR. But the whole the thing is, and this is outside of the who done good, who fucked up yeah. paradigm, but it seems that this is entirely a PR move on everybody's part, not just the Brazilian police's part, but also Ryan Lochte's part. Everybody's job right now is to do good PR. Yeah. And so it's an incident. It's it's kind of just like this little nucleus that everybody decides to build on, right? And, and they decide, this is how I'm going to show that Brazil is not crime-ridden because mm-hmm. it's uh, this is something that you like to say, Jonathan. The Brazilian police take this and say, it's not a feature, it's a... Or not a bug, it's a feature, right? Like we don't. <laughs> this we don't, crime isn't a bug; it's a feature. Yeah, like we don't actually have that much crime. We just have really good police, right? Or like really good security. So they're they're trying to show that they are not a scary city, right? Rio is. Um, they're trying. Yeah, they're, they would like the world to not think of them as being massively crime ridden, which yeah. you know, they, to some degree, they are. So, and everyone knows it. So, yeah. what are you going to do? It's a little, reminds me a little bit of when we were in the Olympics for China or the China Olympics, and. Uh, they really worked hard for the whole, like, you know, no, really, it's great here. Human rights aren't an issue. Yeah, and there's no human rights violations. We all just sort of went along with it and acted like it was fine, but everyone knew underneath that was yeah, not so, Yeah, of right? course. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Okay. I think we're done with Ryan Lochte for a long time on this I show. hope he does something else. Me too. Because, damn, that guy's fun to talk about. <laughs> maybe maybe he doesn't have to do anything else. Maybe there'll just be a nice opportunity. All right, somewhere. that's fair. All yeah. right. Um, another who done good, who fucked up, though. The Chargers of San Diego stay in or in the NFL. Um had some issues with number three overall pick Joey Bosa. You know about this? Uh, I know barely about it. Well, you're going to know a little bit more in a second. Uh, Bosa was scheduled to report on July 29th. He remained unsigned for 31 days before finally coming to an agreement with the Chargers. So um, it was over a month. The longest a rookie has withheld his services under the league's newest collective bargaining agreement, which was established in 2011. His salary is pegged at about $26 bucks over four years with a $17 million signing bonus. So Bosa missed 
most of training camp, basically, right? Yeah. Question, does it matter who done good, who fucked up? I mean, I think it does matter. Yes, mm-hmm. I think it does absolutely matter. He's, he's a defensive end, by the way. Yeah, I think I think the Chargers fucked up. I mean, they're going to pay him eventually anyway, right? They did. I mean, you got to imagine that they were pretty close. This number's got to be pretty close to whatever he wanted a month ago, They drafted ago, right? him third overall. I think he's a transcendent player. Yep, and usually these things slot in, so they know, like, they base it off whatever the third player was was paid last year. Yeah. So they should have a pre- everyone should have a pretty good sense of what so Bosa's supposed to get paid. So it's not like they're surprised paid. by the number. You would think so. Now, maybe Bosa was asking for a lot more. Maybe. Maybe he was. Maybe, maybe he wanted, you know, $5 million more signing bonus, and the Chargers didn't want to set a new market like that for everybody and screw up the rookie market okay, for everybody so next year. there's some things know. we don't know then. But that said. In the case that that's not what's happening. I mean, yeah, we don't know. Then I think the Chargers certainly fucked up. I mean, I, even if he's a transcendent player like Jadavion Clowney was a transcendent player. <laughs> was he? I mean, absolutely. He was the number one overall pick. He never did anything, right? In college, he was a transcendent player. When? When like his that, second year, right? That, that one year? When he did that one play. Remember that sack? That yeah. incredible sack that they just showed over and over yeah, for that like one two play. years? Yeah. And then he took like the next year and a half off and still was the number one pick and still has never done anything. It's been two years. Anyway. Yeah, moving on. Back to okay. Joey Bosa. So you're drafting him to be this transcendent player. You are. If he's not requesting ridiculous amounts of money, which we don't know for sure one way or the other, but assuming he's not, assuming he actually was requesting close to what they were at sure. at the end, then... Sorry to end a sentence with a preposition. That was a mistake. Um, <laughs> that is clearly a fuck up by the Chargers because for a rookie, it matters a lot more those 31 days that he's not signed than for an eighth-year guy who already knows all the systems and everything. Right. This is going to make it so it's two or three more games into the season before he's really attuned to what they're doing. There are pundits who have claimed that this will actually ruin Bosa's season, missing that first month of camp. Do you think that's possible? You know what? Those pundits probably know more about the NFL than I do. Yeah. But I, it seems that seems wrong. I agree. That I mean, seems they, like crazy. That seems like just crazy hyperbole. Which it's the the key word is pundits because as we know it, pundits have transformed into a hyperbolic mechanism of just spouting out the most extreme scenarios, right? So That's part of it, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's probably part of why those people are saying that. Also, a lot of those people have an agenda, quite frankly, and a lot of them are friendly to teams. And so acting like missing training camp is a really big deal for this kid's career. Maybe they're trying to make it sound for the next kids who might decide to hold out or not. Don't do it, kids. It's not worth it kind of a thing. You know, That's oh. like the underlying message to some degree, yeah. perhaps. You never know. The NFL is definitely subversive in some way or another, and... I don't know all of the ways, but I'm going to find out eventually. Roger Goodell, I'm on you. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. The report is coming. <laughs> yeah. Roger. Anyway, I think the Chargers fucked up by, by not just giving the kid the money that was due to him, essentially. Yeah. What do you think about the idea of the NFL having just a very clear salaries for every rookie slot and no more negotiating? Like the NBA. Yeah. Like at this point in the NBA, there's really no reason to have an agent Essentially, if you're yeah. if you're a lottery pick or a first round draft pick, just not a lot of value in it. You know what kind of you know almost exactly what your contract's supposed to be like before you start. Now maybe your agent does little things for you here or there, but like it feels like in the NFL they're really in a different place still. It's odd. I think okay. I think the difference is that different positions in the NFL get paid way different amounts. Right. That's not the case in the NBA. Right. Well, in the NFL, they have a sa- a rookie cap, right? And so each team has a certain amount amount of money they can spend on their rookies, but they can sort of break it up any way they want, in theory. Right. Right. Yeah. What I'm saying is, it's different in the NBA because the positions are 
are certainly a little bit different, but they're all very similar with each other. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the NFL, the quarterback is very different than the left tackle is right. very different than a defensive back. So those players are all worth different amounts, no matter where they scale in their position, even if it's the third best defensive like even if it's the third best, what's an underpaid position? Let's um, say center, safety, okay. safety, safety. Okay, it's a th- it's gonna. This guy looks like he's gonna be the third best safety in the NFL. He's he should get paid less than a guy who looks like he's gonna be the fifteenth best quarterback in the NFL. He because should. That's the way the market is set. But should he get paid less from the beginning or once they've established themselves as that? I think from the beginning, if that's what your expectation of that player is, because that's what the positions have established as their salaries. I think that's ridiculous. I think it should be more like you're the 14th pick in the NFL draft. The 14th pick, no matter what position he plays, gets paid this much. That's it. It's a four-year deal. At the end of the four years, you are welcome now to negotiate based on your position and based on the market and whatever else. Congratulations. But 13 NFL teams thought those players had more value than you, regardless of what position they were. If you're a quarterback, but you were taken 14th, you can't you shouldn't get paid more than the 13 guys ahead of you right everyone thought those guys had more value they used their resources on those guys and not you that's a fair argument but there's also scarcity and there's also already having a quarterback yeah you know like so maybe let's pick a team with a great quarterback let's say the packers have the fourth overall pick because they made a trade for some reason sure they're not taking a quarterback they're unlikely to take a quarterback but if there's a really good quarterback who many people value available at four the Packers will usually trade down, won't they? Okay, yeah, that's fair. We saw that happen in the most recent NFL draft where the top two teams traded out for, and other guys came up to get Wentz and Wench, whatever, and uh, Goff. Man, you really cannot Goff, get... Goff, right? Is yeah, Goff? Goff is right, but you cannot get you Wentz sc- right. You screwed me up when I at the beginning of the show. Now I don't know what to call him. No, I never Carson. did. I always, Carson Wentz. Yes, I only ever told I you the call right him way Wench. to say it. Carson Wunsch. You can if you want to. Well, you know, if he's any good, I'll know how to say his name. Okay. Until <laughs> then, until then, you got to work enough. it out, rookie. I think you. I think you have a fair argument, but I don't think it's a perfect analogy with the NBA because of the positional differences. That's my argument. Right. I'm saying I don't think it, the positional differences should matter yet. Especially also, usually, unless you're like a top five quarterback, you're probably not going to play your rookie year anyway. So, like, well, the other guys taken in the first round are going to play from jump. Right, the quarterbacks, unless they're the top five, and often even top five guys will sit for a year. Right, Blake Bortles was supposed to sit for a year, he didn't, but um, guys do a lot. Right, so like those quarterbacks are just sitting chilling out while other guys are out there getting pounded on the offensive line or running back or whatever it is, actually taking years off their. I'm not talking about morality. I'm talking about the market that is set at each position. Right. Well, I'm talking about fairness. I'm talking about oh, why, who, why. Why would this be set by fairness? Well, we're we're deciding a new way to do it. So I'm oh, saying, okay, think, in this weird egalitarian NFL world, which will never exist, that makes sense. You don't think it is possible that we could live in an NFL world where they say wherever your draft is, your salary is based on wherever your draft slot. I think was? it's more likely the NFL disbands than that. Yes. I think you're really wrong about that. I got to tell you. Okay. The NFL disbands. You're well, cra- you just said that to be crazy. Okay. Right? Yeah, I did. Yes. Okay. But I, I was I was <laughs> getting the bigger point on. Uh, it's a better chance that the NFL ends than the NFL becomes egalitarian. Uh, well, of course that's true, but we're not talking about it in a big but way. This is a microcosm of egalitarianism in the NFL that you're discussing. Right. But the players often try and create things that they feel are fair and negotiate for those things, right? And sometimes they win. It's not like they always lose. 
right? Like, so now they have concussion protocol. They didn't used to. Sure. They're not playing 18 games, even though the teams would like them to. Like, there's things that happen that, you know, the, ma- the mandatory, non mandatory, you know, the, the voluntary mini camps, which used to take place, which were considered mandatory, it was a big deal to miss, even though they were officially non mandatory, are now actually non mandatory. Like, you really don't have to show up now and you don't get penalized like you used to, you know? Like, things are different. Now, they're not fully fair or anything like that but something like this feels like it could be fair and by the way fair to both sides like it's good for the teams too it's not like it's just it's not like okay. the teams you know so the, the teams would have just as much incentive to have a fair structure i think as everybody else uh, okay i've said my piece you've said your piece that's, <laughs> yeah that's fair let's let's uh work upon your piece okay, okay. So if if it happens the way that you're talking about it, sure, right, where where you actually get paid the way the NBA works, yeah, as as a rookie by where you're drafted, does that change how teams draft? Okay, that's a cool question. I don't think so, but I'd be interested if you're if you're thinking how it would. I'd be interested in knowing how how do you think that would change. I think teams might decide to take positions that generally get paid more earlier, if not only for the feeling that it feels like you're getting what it's worth, but also some sort of historical implicit feeling about the value of the position. So, so you're basically saying you think teams will take more quarterbacks yeah. early because it's ch- it's cheaper than it otherwise might be. Yes. Okay. That is what I'm saying. I mean, teams kind of take more quarterbacks early than they really should anyway because of the value of the position and because I mean, it's still cost-controlled compared to what they would normally at, have to at pay, this right? point, yes, but there was a time when running backs were often top five picks, and that's changed completely. Right, so, but that's not about that's not about sort of monetary value. That's about a re-understanding of what valuable positions are in the NFL. Yeah, it's a different thing. Yeah, I agree. But it's any any restructuring of the understanding of what is valuable in the NFL will change how people draft. And this structure would, in so, I mean, maybe I can't pinpoint what it would be, but I feel like there's got to be some effect on how people draft. I mean, all these things are always at least a little bit affected, right? Like if you in the NBA and in the NFL. If you have the last pick of the first round or the first pick of the second round, there's a different salary structure in place. And there's a, so a lot of teams often talk about how they'd rather have the first pick of the second round than the last pick of the first round because they get a much better financial sure. deal with the guy, right? Yeah. And so, you know, so these things are happening to some degree anyway. I think that's fine. Like, I would rather have it be we don't have any more of these Joey Bosa situations or anything else. You just walk in, you know what you're getting paid, everyone knows what you're getting paid. It's good for everyone. The kids get in camp right away. They don't have to worry about anything. The the teams don't have to worry about stuff. Seems just better to me. Yeah. And you know what? If you're going to be a successful quarterback in the NFL, or by the way, not even that successful, just good enough to hang around in the NFL for a second contract, you're going to make a lot of money if you're a quarterback. It doesn't matter. You don't need to make your money in the first the first time around. I yeah. Chase I th- Daniels making seven million dollars a year. That guy can't start in Philadelphia. Okay, I I agree with you. It would be better. All right, I, but I do think it would change things a little bit. Yeah, sure. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, good. I'm glad we worked that out. Hey, I have good news for you. Yeah. Pretty soon, and by soon, I mean very soon, we're going to get to quarter number four, which is your favorite quarter of all, and it's Let the Drunk Fix It. Whose favorite quarter is that not? Well, it's everyone's favorite quarter. I've been wondering if we should call this podcast Let the Drunk Fix It, (laughs) and other people have suggested we start with Let the Drunk Fix It because it's so good. Well, hopefully we can live up to what we just said. (laughs) It's the best thing you'll ever hear, folks. It's better than Star Wars. All right, let's get on to it. Episode one. Hey, it's time for Let the Drunk Fix It. This is the drunk speaking. 
<laughs> if you guys noticed at the beginning of last segment, I made fun of Jonathan for standing up while podcasting. Indeed, you did. Guess what? Now I'm standing up too. It's like we're escalating. <laughs> it's esca- I wish there was a picture of this right now because we are just standing up in front of stools <laughs> with <laughs> microphones on them. What was the point of you standing up? I know why I'm standing up. Because I want to match your energy. Oh, I feel okay. like it's time to fix things, and I think the best way I can do that is by standing up. All right. I like that. You're not going to take this one sitting down. That's correct. Something like that. Yeah. So this is Let the Drunk Fix It. It's quarter number four. This is everyone's favorite segment. Of course. This is the best segment. I mean, the president tweets about how much he loves it. President Obama, that is. No, no, no. The president of Kyrgyzstan. I forgot his name. There's many vowels. I think it's Jimmy. Just call him Jimmy. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, um, Grant is – what What beer are we on at this point? Are we on still on eight? We're mid-nine. Mid-nine. Yeah. Ooh. So if you're drinking along at home, which you should be, right? <laughs> as long as you are not driving at any point. Yeah, or taking care of anyone or operating any heavy yeah. machinery or anything like that. There's no responsibilities. You're allowed to just stay there and not hurt anyone. Yeah. Nothing that would get us in any trouble. Um, you should be at least on your fifth beer if you want to qualify for bronze medal status. Right. Of course, gold medal status means you're drinking along with Grant for real. You're on number nine. It's a little dangerous. Which, in a way, means you're drinking more than Grant because oh, yeah. I have breaks during the quarter breaks. You had you, you, you do you not. Ate, you ate food. Yeah. I yeah. had the sandwich. It was delicious. <laughs> it was goat cheese. Yeah. <laughs> How can you deny the goat cheese? But in fairness, you're doing the work, and these people are just laying back listening, and we assume a very safe environment. I hope so. Yes. I hope so. All right. Well, let's get to Let the Drunk Fix It, let's shall we? Let's do that. I'm, Where I I'm pose excited. sports dilemmas to you, the drunk, and we see if you can fix them. I'm happy to say we've slowly been building up to this on Twitter, which is, of course, at um, Drunk Sports Show. <laughs> you don't even know what the Twitter <laughs> it's is. It's really hard to remember because we changed it. Yeah. At Drunk Sports Show. Uh, you can tweet suggestions for Let the Drunk Fix It. This segment of Dread, Let the Drunk Fix It completely sponsored by Twitter users, give or take. Wow. So Jonathan didn't even have to do any research. I just had to pick these out, and I had to do a little research to make sure at least one of them was worth doing. Okay. All right. So you ready? I'm ready. Our first Let the Drunk Fix It for September 6th, 2016. Colin West, who gave us a bunch of suggestions, actually, said this. Even with the point-after attempt to move back in the NFL, it's generally a very boring part of NFL games. Fix, please. I'm, it's a bit too easy. Oh, really? Yeah. Go ahead. No point-afters. You have to go for two. Okay, that that was a pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's see if we can get something a little more, you know, intricate. <laughs> you just nailed that too too easy. Okay. I mean, it, I think I it's mean, a really really easy fix. We only have three. <laughs> here. Okay. Well, hopefully there's a Ryan Lochte type situation which I can fix later that will take minutes and minutes and hours. Yeah. Um, some of them may take. A little okay. Than so me. I think here's how you do it. You do a go for two, but it's not from the same yard line that it currently is. You do a okay. go for two from ten, and it's mandatory. Okay. There is no extra point. Okay. You have to go for two. And it's from the 10-yard line. It's 10-yard line. So there's going to be very few times people are going to score. Okay, make it, uh, here, here's how we do it. Yeah. Go for three. Why can't you just go for two from like the five or no, even where it is No, go for right three now? from the 10. Why are we moving it back? Why not just the two-yard line right harder? now? Like they Higher don't even variance. go for it now. Nobody goes for it. Yeah, so what's... Here's what the drunk should do. The drunk should... <laughs> yeah. I'm the drunk, drunk should be in the ear of every NFL coach and make them understand game theory a little bit better yeah. so that they would actually go for two when they're supposed to, but they don't. It's That's not just... so much about game theory as much as, I think, just straight-up mathematics. Well, but... yeah, but game theory plays into that, certainly. I mean, sure, if you want to say that. The whole if this, then that equals expected value. 
that's not really what game theory is, but <laughs> it, let's move it, on. It, it, no, not exactly. Yeah, that's not a good good explanation of game theory. All right, I feel like you did pretty well with that. I think it's a mistake to move it any further back. How about just going for two from where it is? If they get to really high conversion rates, we move it back a yard. Yeah. Like they did with the three-point line. You know, everyone's hitting it. All right, we'll move it back. Yeah, I think but, I think you just eliminate the the whole extra point. But what about the kickers? What is Steven Guskowski going to do with himself? He's just going to kick off and do touchbacks every time. Field goals. Oh yeah, field goals. Yeah. But you know what? If they start going for two a lot, they're going to feel they're going to say, "Wait, why are we going?" No, 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 no. NFL goals? coaches are bad enough that they're still going to make the mistake of going for field goals when they should not. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, they absolutely will. All right, that was a pretty good fix. I mean, it was easy. It was this easy. one maybe not as easy, Mister. I hope guy. I hope not because. I just need to break a sweat here. Well, you know, it's okay. This show's I running. I am standing up. You so. are. <laughs> <laughs> this show's running long as it is, right? We're like well into No, like let the needs to last at least a half hour. Yeah, well, it's not, gonna, it's not going to. But anyway, Jay Recker, who is, um, I'm going to say, drunk sports fan number one of so all far, sports At least fans. the most vocal. Yes, up till now anyway. He says, fix SportsCenter. I've watched like an hour of SportsCenter in the past year. That's impossible. <laughs> Just kidding. It's wow. Not... We went from easiest fix ever <laughs> to never mind. Not going to You were right. This is much harder. Okay. Yeah. So there is a very, very serious problem that comes along with this fix. Go on. The way modern technology works. This right. is very – like SportsCenter was important in the 90s and the early 2000s. And every time before that when yeah. I was not watching I was going to say the 80s. You yeah. Know. The back when I was an infant. Um, but – that was the only way you could get your sports highlights. Right. That was the only way you saw what was going on in sports that day. Do you know, just to cut you off for one second, back in the old-timey days, like early 80s, late 70s, you couldn't get NFL highlights till several days later. So, like, forget about highlights that night on the other games. You really? Yeah, several days it took them to cut them all together and stuff. Oh, yeah, insane? because you have to actually cut the film with scissors. I think they would, like, mail it all to New York, and then New York would cut it all up and put it into one. F- I mean, it's crazy. But anyway, back to your thing. That's. I, I want to take a quick aside to, to mention how people used to edit film. They would yeah. actually take film, and it would be on a film strip, and they would have to cut it with scissors. And, and if they got it wrong, they fucked everything well, up. Well, you just use tape, but you can you could really mess stuff up. Yeah. And you know, as video editors ourselves, now that we make a weekly video, actually two weekly videos, yeah. for our poker channel on YouTube, The Breakdown, for anyone who's interested, um, yeah, we know it's really not like that anymore. <laughs> it's a little it's so easy. <laughs> yeah. It's so nice. Um, okay, so fixing SportsCenter. All right, so Sports Center's main problem is systemic in society, not Sports Center systemic, and that's a problem. Okay. So obviously, we can get our sports news from Roto World if we are into fantasy sports, yeah, or Yahoo Sports or whoever we want. Instantaneously, all the sports <laughs> news we want. It doesn't. There's no urgency involved, right? So Sports Center has to do something a little bit more creative, and that's what they've been trying to do. But they've become essentially a CNN bullshit political show. Mm. Would you agree, Jonathan? Well, why don't you define that a little bit? Like they they try to uh, make it in into a, a binary situation where ah, it's like you take this side or you take right. this side, fact or fiction. Yeah, and you got yeah. like I know that they no longer have Skip Bayless, but for example, who we were just talking about, you had Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, two of the most horrendous human beings who have ever lived. And one's going to argue one point, one's going to argue the other, even if they don't really believe it, because they're supposed to be binary, right? Endless debate. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what Sports Center decided was the fix. So uh, this question was posed to Sports Center when streaming and the internet became a big thing. Essentially, like implicitly, this question was imposed to Sports Center, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so they decided the best way to do it was to 
essentially copy CNN, Fox News, all those people who are making it a debate every time and you have a binary debate. Okay. So like how do we do that with sports? And that's what they've done. That's mm-hmm. like uh what is the name of the show? First take. Uh, there's first take. There's part into the eruption. The print the interruption. There's around the horn. These are yeah. all similar versions of the same idea, right. right? Yeah, at least around the horn has four people, so it's not extremely binary. But they all take one side or the other mm-hmm. of an issue. So I don't know how to fix it, but I don't think it's to make everything binary. I think in order to fix it, they need to go the more. I know this might not resonate with the audience immediately, but if ESPN truly wants to fix what they're doing. They need to be better journalists. They go, need to go back to being the best journalists that they can mm-hmm. and truly come back to being a network that is respected for what it's doing instead of making after-the-fact reporting and just having people shout different opinions about it. I mean, journalism would be great in a lot of ways, but I question if it's going to save ESPN's number 10. Now we're talking. Yeah. All right. If it's going to save ESPN's bacon ratings-wise. Like, are people going to watch SportsCenter if it's more long-form journalism? I don't know if they are. So Sports Center specific. Okay, yeah, I, I guess I went with ESPN, not Sports Center. So right. that's my fault. Um, Sports Center. Okay, I don't know if there's any way to save Sports Center just because of the nature of technology these days. Well, it's very difficult. It clearly can't be about informing people what the scores were, right? No, nobody any, cares. Everybody who has any any screen that you have that you'd be able to find out. You're watching ESPN Sports Center on. You should be able to find out what the scores were at this point. Yeah. Your TV should be smart enough, let alone your phone and your computer yep. and your laptop and your iPad and whatever else you might have. Your watch. You know, it's it's never ending. So it can't be about that. So maybe it's about um, more analysis, not necessarily journalism in my mind, but breaking down like what things mean and why they matter. And Here's the like problem: that. the people are going to bring in for those analysis yeah. bits. They already do that in a way, and it's yeah. all bullshit. It's all it's bad. not really analysis. It's yeah. just it's parroting some other bullshit that they heard. It's all lowest common denominator type. Do you stuff. have something that you could do to fix it, Jonathan? I mean, that was my stab at it. Was the analysis piece? Like, yeah. You, sh- you give me an hour long show every night about sports where you're breaking things down. Where Keith Olbermann had a show on ESPN for a few years recently. Um, called Olbermann, where he was doing his version of Sports Center, so he would do the scores, but he would spend the first five to seven minutes just picking a topic and talking about it in depth and sort of ranting about it in his Keith Olbermann way. It was often very entertaining. He really railed against like the Washington football team's name, for example. Sure, sure. Spent many segments on it, too many segments on it, quite frankly. But um, but he cared. He was passionate. And there was always a feeling like he could do whatever he wanted. Like it was his show, and he didn't really care. So he would go after Roger Goodell in a way that no one else on ESPN ever went after Roger Goodell. He was calling for Roger Goodell's um, resignation about two years ago in the midst of all the Ray Rice stuff when no one else was doing it on ESPN. And he just kept saying, they can fire me if they want, but this is what I'm doing. I mean, that's that resonates well, but it's not SportsCenter. That's the thing. Right. SportsCenter is supposed to be the news about sports. The point is we don't need the news about sports. Yeah, so I think there's no way to fix it. I think, right. unfortunately, it's just it's antiquated at this point. So what do we want instead? Let's, let's take it to the next level. So I mean, ESPN, I, ESPN is losing viewers like crazy. Yes. I never watch ESPN ever anymore. I used right. to watch it all the time back in the day. Now, granted, as you said, technology has changed things. But I got to believe, like I used to watch Oberman every day because sure. I felt like there was something different going on there. If they were giving me what I felt like and it was like nutritional and fun sports um, journalism, I might watch that. But I don't feel like that exists really anywhere anymore. Right. I mean, like Bill Simmons has his new show on HBO. Where, yeah. Like 
Bill Simmons is a great writer. He's fun. Not great on camera. No. Whatever. That doesn't matter. He he does cool concepts with his show. I mean, maybe a bit too uh, Hollywood oriented, but it's a fun show. So maybe something that's more like that, more more kind of like what Grantland was, except in a visual. Form. Yeah, yeah, I would be down with that. Yeah, something that's more like you take you take one concept, you you really get into it, and that's the con. It's you turn Sports Center. More into a Dateline NBC thing than a NewsHour thing. Yeah, I feel like SportsCenter became like Sesame Street and not in a good way, you know? Like, it's for, like, people who don't really know what the heck's going on at all, the most basic ways. And you have people like Herm Edwards, who's being viewed as an expert when the things he says are so stupid and off-point and clearly wrong, just brutal to watch, you know? Yeah, Like, I need is. people I respect if you're going to put up people so I think maybe, to as okay, experts. So let's, let's look at this at a different angle, because okay. we've been talking about it conceptually. Maybe we're talking about the wrong thing. Maybe yeah. we should be talking about personnel. Right. Who so should be doing they're it? They're hiring people who are famous from being in sports in one way or another. Right. Right. And that's not necessarily the right way to go. They should be hiring people like Heraldus Vulgaris, yes. people like that. I would really a- have a true good opinion about sports. For those of you who don't know, best sports better in the world. Yeah, like who who really knows what's going on? Eloquent, smart person. Okay, how about if we did this? What if we had um, <clears throat> an NBA half hour every day during the NBA season on ESPN at four o'clock or something like that? Ten minutes of it is Heraldus breaking down NBA stuff, teaching us about why something is good or bad, or giving his opinions on things, just whatever he wants to do, because I follow his Twitter. I mean, he's sure. amazing. Um, the other 20 minutes is Derek, or I guess it's it's really only a 22-minute show, right? So then the other, like, 14 minutes or something like that is um, Derek. It's not Derek Lowe. It's uh, Zach Lowe. Zach Lowe. Thank you. Zach Lowe, who is an intelligent basketball thinker, either interviewing people or breaking down stuff and talking about what he thinks is going on in the, in the NBA. So instead of him writing a column, he's talking about it. Or other people, or he's writing it and other people are talking about it if he's not good at talking on camera, right? But something like that, I, I, I would watch that. Right. So something you have to, I guess, shift it a little bit more to opinion pieces because right. the news just doesn't matter anymore in sports because you get it wherever you are, no matter what. Sports Center is not going to break right. the news. It has to be reacting to the news or just talking about the sport in general and what's going on yeah. right now. That's it. Um, but I agree. Giving us the news, not not interesting, unless there's something really visual happening that you can capture on camera and we can be watching it together. Like the OJ chase, which is going to happen once every 20 years. Yeah. It's just not something ESPN can do, and they're paying the price for it right now. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why they've lost so many big-name personalities. Now, a lot of them, you may think, aren't very good, and I would agree. But Con Cowherd, Skip Bayless, Bill Simmons were three of their biggest guys, ratings-wise, in the different ways they do things. And all three of them are gone now. And a lot of it is because they can't afford to pay those guys anymore. Yeah, they got to they change it up. They got to change it up. All right. So, so that, was a, that was a good question. Yeah, really good question. Really interesting question for sure. And I don't think we fixed it, unfortunately. No, not really. Well, we said it's unfixable, which is what you said yeah. at the very beginning. But I didn't want to go with that. Okay. Finally, Colin West, who gave us suggestion number one back. Wow. Two another suggestions, suggestion. One guy. Yep. Famous. Pretty sweet. This is his first suggestion to you us. You can take that to the bank, by the way. You're famous now, Colin West. Yeah. Congratulations. Well done, Colin. Okay. He says, why do college athletes have to make choices like this? And he linked to an article on Katie Ledecky. You know who Katie Ledecky is? Yeah. Great. So for everyone who doesn't, she was the American swimmer in Brazil who had the, uh, was it, the 1,200, 800, 1,500, whatever. She, she crushed women's swimming. Yes. Basically. She yeah. broke the world record and beat everyone by half a length in the pool. I think it was the 1,500, the 1500 meter um, one. 
She won like four medals. She, there's this famous shot of her throwing the first pitch at the Nationals game and Bryce Harper standing there holding her medals while she's making the pitch. It's great. And she's got this decision because she had committed to Stanford to swim at Stanford, right? Sure. And the NCAA rules basically say if you are going to um, compete athletically in college in an NCAA institution, you cannot get paid in any way at all for any sports thing no matter what. So Ledecky has the option right now at like 18 years old or however old she is to make millions of dollars. There's endorsement deals out there for her. She can actually apparently turn pro as a swimmer, which she can't really do in this country, but apparently in the rest of the world there's things you can do, go to meets and things like that. Really? Actually make real money. I did not know that. (laughs) And right now the iron is as hot as it probably will ever get for her. She said she's honoring her commitment to Stanford, which is laudable for sure if she wants to do that. Yeah. Um, However, she's going to cost herself Untold millions of dollars, and while one might argue, well, maybe she can get it down the road, four years ago there was another swimmer, female swimmer from the U.S. Her last name was Mickey, her first name, I can't remember, it was in the article, I could pull it up, but who cares, maybe I'll get it when you're talking. Um, She was in a similar situation, she decided to go to school, and now she's, no one knows who she is anymore, I don't even remember her name, she's missed out on her opportunity, her window is closed. So, what can we do so that way an athlete like Ledecky doesn't have to be in this situation? So this is, I mean, this could go on for a long time, this rant. So the NCAA is one of the worst organizations that exists in, I mean, I know this is hyperbolic because, you know, there's terrible governments in the world and stuff. But the NCAA is on par with FIFA as some of the worst organizations in the sports world. The NCAA is ridiculous to not allow college athletes By to the make way, money. That that swimmer I was talking about, Missy Franklin from four years ago. That sounds familiar, yeah. but I certainly have forgotten. Yeah, go on. Yeah. So it's really – it's not an easy fix as far as how you would actually implement it, but theoretically it's a very easy fix. Go on. The NCAA should be less of a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. that's, yeah. that's number one. So <laughs> the NCAA doesn't allow college athletes – it for – Maybe two years ago, they started to allow them to receive food, right? Extra like, food, yes. M- food beyond the normal like three meals right. that you so, get. So famously, Shabazz Napier, who is now – I don't know if he's on the Miami Heat anymore. No, he's on some other team. He was Right, traded. anyway, he was a first-round draft pick two years ago. He said that he grew up poor, and he was often going to bed hungry while he was the star of the national championship UConn team. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me, NCAA? Let this guy accept food from somebody. <laughs> like, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. I don't understand. Okay. Maybe you can explain this to me, Jonathan. Let's find what out. What is the NCAA's purpose for not allowing these college athletes to accept any endorsements? Okay. My guess, and I don't really know, but my best guess is that if the NCAA feels like if they allow these athletes to accept endorsements, then that isn't in money in some way. That in some way may make them turn them from amateur to professional. And if the NCAA is having professionals play in their leagues, then the NCAA, then a more reasonable case can be brought to bear that the NCAA should be paying everybody, which is the thing they really don't want to do. They push this idea of student athletes so 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 hard, so they don't so they get all this free labor and get to keep all the right. money. Right. So the idea of student athletes, by the way, complete bullshit. Let's take <laughs> let's take a look at a few of the people who have graduated, and I'm using air quotes here, college, who played in the NCAA. People like. <laughs> Damn it, I don't remember his name, but we were just talking about him. The if guy you guys, from if, Hard Knocks? Yes, if you guys watch Hard Knocks, last year the Houston Texans, there was this guy who was a receiver on the Houston Texans. He was a rookie. Not Jalen Strong. Not Jalen Strong. He didn't end up making the team. But 
there is a legitimate moment, and it's not like he's playing for the camera. No. He asks the question, is there water on space? <laughs> this person graduated from college. Well, Do you think that guy really earned a college degree? Okay, first of all, we don't know that he graduated. Okay. We just know he went to school. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, number That's number one. Number two, I do want to push back a little bit here. The notion that because the NCAA has certain sports where there's no focus on athletics at all, like football, right? NCAA football, I think we can yeah. say pretty comfortably, they do not care about those guys' education. I don't know if that's necessarily true about all NCAA athletics, though. And in fact, I would guess that most NCAA student athletes are indeed getting a great education and are okay. indeed legit students, right? Because nobody, if you're, if you're a good swimmer, unless you're the best swimmer in the world, if you're just a good swimmer, they don't – that's not enough. Like, you actually – you know you're not going to make it in the world. You Fair have enough. To, right? But in a football player, you have dreams of being in the NFL, and they okay. make so much money. So if and it's you're different. in a commercially viable sport, which yeah. in America means NFL, NBA, or hockey, basically. Sometimes um, For colleges, you mean? Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. So if you're in a commercially viable sport, people look the other way. That's just how it is. Oh, yeah. So what do we do about that? Well, there's a few obvious answers, right? Answer number one is – you actually have academic standards, and you don't let people play who don't live up to them, period. Okay. Yeah, that's not going to help Katie Ledecky. No, it's not. Yeah. But that's number one. Number yeah. two is we stop pretending that these athletes are indeed amateurs. We call them what they are, which is professionals. They're allowed to get paid. They're allowed to get endorsements. Katie Ledecky Their jerseys get sold, right? Yeah. They, they get no money from they that, They get right? no piece of that. That's correct. The NCAA is a nonprofit, right? Um, yes. They don't even pay taxes. Fuck those guys. That's pretty amazing. Seriously. Hey, you know, fuck you, NCAA, if you're listening. Michael Phelps, while he was doing all of his Olympic and being a professional swimmer and getting all these endorsements throughout the years, went to University of Michigan. But you know how he went and got around all this? He never swam athletically for them. Wow. He coached. He did all these things. He worked out, but he never actually was on the team. He was never officially an athlete in the NCAA, so then he could take all the endorsement money and all Smart. that. Smart. Yeah, because he doesn't care about national championships. But he shouldn't have to do that. Agreed. Right? Right. Like, it's ridiculous that you have to do that. The NCAA is a leech. It's a leech organization. It leeches mm-hmm. off of its athletes. Right. It's a terrible organization. Can we think of any sporting organization that doesn't suck? Because when I think about FIFA, NBA. NBA. the NCAA, and the NFL, they're all horrible, right? NBA. The I mean, NBA, NBA, David Stern was kind of a sketchy commissioner, but I think Adam Silver is maybe actually a good commissioner. Why would, what did David Stern do that was actually you sketchy? You know, he would, he would rig things. <laughs> what did he actually rig? He rigged all of it. All, all of right. everything. I, all the right. election of 2008. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's pretty great. Um, okay, so... The, the NBA, that seems like a pretty good answer, actually. The, Adam Silver seems to take actual real stands. The WNBA recently, uh, you may know, some of their athletes were um, standing up and actually came out. Well, they came out in their warm-ups in all black to um, right. sort of like um, support Black Lives Matter and that concept. And at first, the WNBA gave them all fines, had a meeting with them, and rescinded the fines and, in fact, came out and said, we want to encourage our players to make political statements. That's awesome. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Whereas the NFL had a similar thing with the St. Louis Rams, if you don't remember, like a year or two ago, where a couple of players did the uh, – it was based on the Freddie Gray thing. I can't breathe. Yeah, the I can't breathe thing. and. Oh no, it wasn't that. It was because it was St. Louis players. So it was the it was the thing in Ferguson, oh, Ferguson the yeah. Ferguson thing. Sure. I don't remember what the motto was. I remember it was I'm, a big deal. Though. I'm a little bit drunk, so I can't remember no, the it's motto. Fine. It's fine. But those players took a stand, and they were all fined. Were and, they all fined? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the NFL is not a great. Record. But back to the NCAA. Okay. Okay. So how do we fix this Missy Franklin thing? That's the question, right? 
Um, yeah, or in this case, Katie Ledecky. Katie thing, Ledecky, yeah. Missy, Missy Franklin, Franklin the, the, the ship sailed on that one. Yeah, I, I guess that's right. Katie Ledecky. How do we fix the Katie Ledecky thing? All right, so we can't fix Katie Ledecky's life. How about, how about this? How about they're just they're allowed to get any endorsement money they want? They're, even if you want to call them amateurs, why can't you be an amateur and still like work for Coca-Cola and you're a famous person? Why, why does that mean you're not an amateur anymore? I absolutely agree, and I don't think they should be called amateurs. I think that's stupid to yeah, call them amateurs. They're not really amateurs they're anyway. Not, but. No, because all of I mean, maybe when the NCA was formed, that made sense. Yeah. But at this point, these people are clearly angling for a professional career in these sports. Maybe not all of them, but especially the basketball and football players are certainly hoping that they make this into a professional career, right? A lot of them, yeah. Like the majority of them are spending the majority of their time playing the sport rather than at academics. They're not trying to get a good education. Certainly at the big-name schools yes. and the major universities. An Ohio State fullback right. who might not get drafted is still really, really trying to be in the NFL. I would say every single person who plays football for Ohio State, um, except the walk-ons, are absolutely focused on making the NFL. Yeah. So how can that be an amateur athlete? That's right. what they're doing to try to make a livelihood in the future. I mean, right. you can, in theory could be an amateur athlete and do that in theory, right? But yeah. the point is that Ohio State is making millions upon millions of dollars on these guys' backs and not paying them anything, but treating them as though they're employees. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It is crazy. And they have a lot of standards for these guys. They get kicked off the team for a lot of stuff. How about this? I got an idea. What if we burn it all down? What if we say no more NCAA, start from scratch, I mean, everything that, starts from scratch. That's the easiest answer. I was about to say that. I think. Oh like, yeah. I I think the NCAA is a garbage organization. Yeah. Throw them down the drain. Yeah. Fuck I, those guys. Yeah. Forget it. Like new power system, new everything. Elect elect new people. I don't see why these college athletes can't make money. I think they should be paid a royalty on their jersey sales. Of course, for they should. sure. Right. Of course, like, they should. They don't though. For. For years and years and years, there's tons of jersey sales from NCAA because you know how many college football fans there are? It's almost infinite. <laughs> I mean, the point is this, too. Like, the, the schools could absolutely still make a lot of money yeah. and share with the kids. The kids, you don't have to give the kids a crazy percentage of it for everyone to be doing reasonably well and for us not to completely hate you, NCAA. But, oh, man. They, Burn it down. To be fair. What they do is so smart. What what these schools and the NCAA does is they, they say to these kids, you have this opportunity, you're this good, that you could make it to the pro level. This is the place to go to, to leapfrog you to the pro level, right? Mm-hmm. And the majority of those kids are not going to make it. Yeah. For sure. Now, there's, there's another thing going on here which we're not acknowledging, which is there's a shadow um, system, economic system, going on in college for the best athletes number 11 matching the matching the top all-time record <laughs> this is to tie it very good if you're drinking along i'm sorry if you're drinking along at the uh, bronze level you should be into your sixth beer by now if you're drinking along at the uh, gold medal wow please lay down please do not <laughs> i'm do standing up right now please do not do anything that's important or meaningful just enjoy your life and chill um, but there's a shadow economy that happens in the NCAA for the best players where they get paid by boosters, right? So yes. this has happened since you know time immemorial and certainly still happens. A la Reggie Bush. Right. Yeah. So you get cars, so you get paid. So in some ways, the very best players actually do make money, but it's this massive inequality not thing. Not nearly as much as they should, by well, the way. number one, not as much as they should. But number two, like the Reggie Bushes of the world get paid lots of money. But then the third string guys who are out there and are part of the team get zero. And the second and are, string by guys. by the way, in, and a bunch especially of the starters. in football, like 
shortening their lives. Shortening their lives. And a lot of them, by the way, are going to get hurt to the point that they, even if they were an NFL prospect, won't get to play in the NFL because they're injured. Yes. Right? It's just brutal. So I, so there's this shadow economy thing happening anyway, but because it's shadow, you can't really account for any Remember, fairness. Remember, it was like a big deal that Cam Newton maybe got some of that shadow economy his, money. Yeah, his like parents got like something like $180,000 yeah. or something, right? Yeah. But who cares? Well, the only thing that matters is it sucks for everyone else who doesn't get any of that money. Yes. Right? To it, me, that's the only thing that matters. It does, but that's why there needs to be a structured system to right. pay players. Right. It should all be out in the open. It should be regulated. It should be fine. You should be allowed to pay players. Like, yeah. go ahead. Pay them. You can pay them, and you can also They're make it so anyway. the NCAA – okay, here's here's what we do. I've, I've okay. got it. All, all right. right. Bring it up. So on. to make the NCAA less of a piece of complete shit, like complete dog shit, I yeah. hate this fucking organization. I've, I've gotten that. Yeah, have that. you? Has that come across? There's some enmity there. Okay, yeah. Uh, so – Here's what you do. You you pay the players in a way that is fair. You know, you pay them money that is based on the revenue the team generates. And certainly certain players are going to get paid a little bit more than other players. Why? Be- well, maybe they won't. Maybe actually, maybe in college you don't need to pay more. I don't think you need yeah. to pay anymore. You, you can just pay an equal share to each player. Yeah. That's fine. But plus the revenue from jersey sales yes. to so the you- individual player. Agreed. So that's the way the, the quarterback makes yes. more money. And yeah. Like so that. Plus, plus that. Okay. All right. That seems fair. Um and the NCA doesn't take any of those players' money that they make. Shit, I forgot what I was going with. This. You were doing great. I was. I had a thing. This is what happens when you're 11 yeah, beers deep, how, I guess. Okay, you like, have a solution. It evaporates in thin air as you're talking about it. It's fine, I'm sure. It was probably a bad solution anyway. No, I think it was a pretty good solution. All right, well, God damn it. Just, it just went away. Uh, I don't know what to tell you about that. Um, I think simply... Everyone should get paid. It should be very clear. I'm amazed that the players have been unable to unionize. Oh, I, I found it. Go ahead. Got it. Got, Go ahead. got the second part. Okay. If if they don't meet a certain academic standard, then yeah. their salaries are revoked. Okay. I like that. How yeah. about this, though? There definitely are lots of schools who lose money with their football program. So it has to be like a collective thing where all the Division One schools, for example, put money into a pot, and then everyone gets paid from that pot or something like that. Sure. Okay. Sure. But maybe it... TV contracts that involve certain teams. And conferences those, and things yeah, like those that. those teams and conferences might get a little bit extra. Sure, there. and they may have a recruiting advantage as a result, but guess what? They have a recruiting advantage right now anyway, and yeah. guess what? Those players are getting paid anyway by boosters and probably will continue to get paid by boosters. Yeah. Anyway, that's okay. We just want to make sure, like, the starting left guard is also getting paid. You know, yes, the backup yes. guard's also getting paid, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Because the kids are working. It's crazy not to pay them. Yeah. Because uh, they're not doing school. <laughs> <laughs> right, they're mostly not doing school. Yeah. All right, I think that's enough. I think we made it through yet another drunk sports. Grant still alive? It seems I am alive. I'm standing Good. up right now. If you're drinking along with Grant, you're gonna have to let us know if you made it or not. We're excited. Uh, and for next time show, you got to start two beers in if you're going for gold medal. One beer in if you're going for bronze. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. next Thursday, of course. Or next Tuesday, the thirteenth. Um, we'll see you next week.